0: This is a podcast from Nordic Center in Shanghai. Located at Fudan University, Nordic Center is a platform for education and research collaboration between the five Nordic countries and China. And in this podcast, we showcase some of our activities in various academic fields. This episode is part of our ongoing focus on the Arctic region and China's role in its development. In past episodes, we have heard the views of social scientists on Arctic development, and today we are proud to present an angle from the natural sciences Tao Ding is a researcher at Fudan University who works on remote sensing technologies in the arctic which among other things have applications for navigation through the arctic sea route whose iceberg-filled waters are dangerous to pass through without advanced data and imaging technologies Dr. Tao will also be taking part in the upcoming seminar on the arctic organized by Nordic Center and Umeå University on April 26th this year. He was interviewed by the Nordic Center spring intern, Michelle Spinay from the University of Iceland in March 2018.
1: So you're listening (laughs) to the Nordic Center podcast. My name is Michelle, and I'm here with Ding Tao, associate professor from the School of Information Science and Technology at Fudan University. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And can you just start by explaining what you do here at Fudan?
2: Okay, uh, my job here is to do develop uh, technologies for the Arctic-related uh, research projects. Uh, especially what I do is for Arctic sea route navigation projects. So I, I'm working with remote sensing data, mainly about SAR, which is a, a radar. Uh, image, mm-hmm. so we try to gather information from the data as much as possible and try to transform it to a better uh, to a better way that people can understand it better. So this is basically what I do uh, uh, at Fudan, and uh, before uh, I joined Fudan, uh, I was in the Nordic countries study mm-hmm. about remote sensing and radar remote sensing related pot topics. So uh, my background is mainly about... Uh, image processing, data processing, and uh, try uh, information extraction, uh, all related projects. So yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so from the Arctic to China.
2: Yeah, yep. yeah, I'm
1: back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the field of Arctic sea route navigation, what are some of the challenges currently being faced?
2: Yeah, it, it's... Quite complicated, <laughs> okay. and uh, it's actually there are many point of view that we can handle this. We can talk about the difficulties. Mm-hmm. So basically, if we can start like uh, uh, from user, or we can start from researcher, there are two different ions, uh, uh, two different sides.
1: Okay.
2: So basically, what we try to do is to help the people on, on, on the boat on on the ship mm-hmm. to to have a safe trip through the Arctic region. Uh, because we know that Arctic route is open, like uh, not only in summer, in winter sometimes. Okay, also sometimes you can go through it uh, uh, much better and much faster. So that, but we still have sea ice in the area. We still have uh, very difficult uh, weather conditions and uh, uh, other difficulties that we're facing. So, mm-hmm. as a scientist, we try to handle those things using remote sensing data. So but when you talk about difficulties, I think I will start uh from the from the user end. Okay. From the ship. So if right now we want to ship something through the Arctic, the first thing you're facing is communication difficulties. Because on the ship, uh the communication device or uh, the, the uh, is not really uh uh let's say really good <laughs> so they're they're limited to a very slow internet service they're okay. limited to a very slow communication line especially to the very high uh, altitude uh, to the very high uh, uh, arctic region so if you want to transfer information you want to talk to the boat uh, so usually you wait a little bit longer, so especially when you're handling big data like uh, images like very fancy and high resolution images, you need to give those information to the boat. The boat need to receive it, and that takes a very long time and uh, even though they can receive the information they need, they still need to handle it on board, so you need some system to handle the data or you can handle it before and send them the, the, uh, send them the results but there are two things. If you want to handle it on board, you need to upgrade their system. You need to teach their staff to, to use the system. Another thing, if you handle it like a, on shore on a, on a station and send them the results, usually the result is lag behind. Okay. So the ship captain see different <laughs> view compared to what you send to them. So at the moment, it's very difficult to handle this, uh, this lag, this time lag. So the the captains usually just look at the the results. the the, the map usually contains the 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 sea ice charting, and uh, uh, navigation rules, possible navigation rules. Mm-hmm. But the captain will usually just look at them and just see, okay, it's totally different than uh, compared to what I see right now. Right. So this is just useless. So right. this is what I've what we are facing right now. But okay. with better uh, communication equipments that we can transfer larger amount of data to the ship and then help the captain, help the, the crew members to, to navigate the difficult sea route better. So this is from the user end. But from another end is that we need to handle the data better. So now more and more satellites are, are been sending to the orbit, especially focused on the Arctic region. So we gather a lot of data, a lot of data than before really, a lot. So we need a better system to handle those data. and when you, when you come to data handling and data management, they're already an issue that we're facing as a scientist, also as a as a private company too. The Sentinel uh, project, the Sentinel System uh, uh, founded by the ESA, is a very, very good uh, initiative. So the data is for free so people can just download it and use them. My students actually do that right now, gather data that run the experiments. But before that, um, many uh, remote sensing satellites are very expensive to use. They produce very good data. For instance, like RITASAT-2, the Canadian uh, satellite mission, but very expensive and not really open to everyone. You need to sign a special contract with them. Uh, As a scientist, uh, sometimes we can get around it by uh, established collaborations between universities, and then we can use their data for, through that channel. But as a private company, you need to pay for that service. And uh, <laughs> uh, But right now, you have this Sentinel system that is available and for free, and more and more people are doing it, so that's a very good thing for data management. Uh, so. Uh, Later on, we can talk about China, but okay. now we only focus on the Arctic region, so right. we focus on Europe. So uh, let's assume that you have those data ready. So you need people to handle those data, to, to store the data, to, uh, to make it like a standard format so everybody can understand it, everybody can, can use it. And to handle the data, because the raw data, especially SAR, the synthetic active reader data, is very complicated. Uh, it's not straightforward at all. People are so used to the optical image it's just like you take a picture, you know where's the water, where's the ice, where's the shore, where's the island, so you avoid it. Oh, mm-hmm. Iceberg, for instance. But in SAR image, uh, those are very difficult to, to distinguish. So, and also with a larger n- amount of data, you need a better way to to tell what is what better way to segment your image or, or identify the objects in the image. So that's very difficult, and that's where the scientists come into play. So we try to develop algorithms. We try to fit into this part of the, of the process. So right now there are many technologies ready and many uh, methods and algorithms ready. Uh, it works quite well, I would say. But with the new air coming, the big data air, Mm -hmm. and with so much data that you can acquire in a very short amount of time, you can actually move on to the real machine learning and deep learning uh, steps. So more and more people are doing that. For instance, I know some uh, scientists, brilliant scientists from South Africa. They are dealing with that. And also from Nordic countries, from Norway, and from uh, Sweden and Finland. All of them are doing similar things. They try to use the latest deep, uh, deep learning uh, method, deep learning uh, uh, algorithms, put it into use into the Arctic remote sensing data handling part. So that's a good thing, but we still have a, a way, long way to go, okay. <laughs> quite long, a long way to go. Uh, okay, so this is the, the step. Uh, we are trying to fit in, but after that, there's actually more steps to go through before the data can be really useful for the user, for the, for the captains. Uh, because uh, we, we only develop algorithms, we only develop method. We don't really care about time and how long it's gonna take to process the data. In fact, we should, and we usually talk about that in our papers, but in the reality, uh, our algorithms could take very long. It's not real time. So the industry usually use they they lag behind, but not by not because they want to it's because they kind of have to because the latest version the latest algorithms cannot be used mm-hmm. uh, right away you, you need to to change it you need to to develop it further for 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 industry use so that's why they use quite old fashioned algorithms to 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 tell to for instance, to run a ship detection, to run oil spill detection. So, because it's efficient, you can get the results very fast. But it's not accurate, as accurate as the latest uh, method. So that's that's a one uh, difficulty that we are facing. Uh, basically, to to use what we developed, how to do it, and we need help basically. As a scientist, as a as a researcher in the institute or university. We have no resources we have no uh, we have no way to actually develop this folder for the real useful uh, 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 format or algorithms or methods so we need partners we basically we need uh, industry partners or software um, departments or in uh, computer science department even <laughs> to to just join force to develop this folder to give them uh, a whole system a proper system that they can just take and use it not just writing a paper and put it in a shelf and nobody read, read it right. so right. that's uh, that's what we are trying to trying to do here uh, that's actually one of my goal to to do this system like a like a loop so what we do here can really see to put into use sometimes
1: so it would be applied research?
2: Yeah, it would be applied research. I, I would like to do that, yeah.
1: And then would the benefit to them be an extension of the shipping season? If they were able to have these real-time results and know where the icebergs were or potential dangers, exactly. would that sort of allow them to have a, a longer period of time to, to exactly.
2: navigate? Exactly, because it's very complicated to deal with sea ice, especially on the Nordic Sea route. Uh, uh, so, so the captains usually, as I said before, they, they don't find uh, the data they have useful. They, they rely on heavily on their sensors on board. So they have a ship radar on, on their boat. So they can see a limited amount of area around them, but not further. Mm-hmm. But the, re- the power of remote sensing is that the satellites can see farther away, can see, uh, can see basically through time because it's a prediction that you can go this way, not that way. Mm -hmm. So the captains should have those information for them. Then they can see, okay, there's a storm coming. There's an iceberg coming. So we should try to avoid it and stay longer and safer. So this will be really helpful if the system can be ready Mm -hmm. now. As I know that there's a German company already doing that, but it's a very preliminary steps. But I see the results is fantastic. Is it the right way to do? And uh, I want to uh, do this, do similar ones, or establish our own uh, system in uh, China. Mm -hmm. So, this is actually my research project. uh, This is my goal.
1: (laughs) Beyond uh, just the icebergs, does the polar night have anything to do with the difficulty as well? uh, Given that in the high Arctic polar areas, you have complete darkness Uh, from November till. What is it? March? Or?
2: Right now it's not a not a big deal because in winter we try to avoid the <laughs> <laughs> Arctic <laughs> because the ship is uh is too difficult and too dangerous to go, especially with sea ice, even though the global warming is actually melt a lot of the sea ice. But in winter time it's still very difficult and the ice condition is very complicated. So there's no way we can we can do that safely now. So in winter it's not yet a problem, but with the predictions we're having right now, when the Arctic region is opened, I mean, ice free for the whole year, then we can try to do this in winter. I mean, in the total darkness. So the optical uh, images, optical satellites are useless basically. There are no lights. Right. So they have no sunlight to, to image. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot take a picture in the, in the, in the darkness. So the satellites, uh, the uh, we are using the radar satellites are very useful in that sense. Okay. So we can see through the night. We can see what what beyond. Uh, but that's a very difficult topic to talk about right now because right now we don't really bother about that. We focus on the summertime. Mm-hmm. We focus on uh, when the sea ice is really breaking up that we can go through. We're focusing on that part. So. <laughs> okay.
1: um Relating to China's interest in the Arctic and um, in in the future, as you were saying, like with climate change, when is it predicted that this will be open year round? Uh, there, there's so many models. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Someone really, uh, really put this schedule in a rush, like uh, 2020 or something, but mm-hmm. some of them can push it to 2050. So it all depends on the models. But... Yeah, but people can say the models are not really trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree in a, in a way because uh, uh, the models is handmade. You you tweak it. People do it. People can make mistakes, and we don't have enough information about it. So the complicated models usually don't work. Usually they just produce uh, very off. the results are very very bad sometimes so at the moment it's very hard to convince people that okay our model predict that we can do do this we can go there all year round by 2030 for instance Mm -hmm. Uh, but we have to wait and see there's no guarantee that we can do it and uh, for for the China part uh, China already established that we are a non-arctic country Mm -hmm. in our uh, official documents so our interest is for me, as a citizen, as a as a scientist from China, is that is to connect is a better way is another way to mm. connect to Europe, connect to the other part of the Earth. So, for now, we have the uh, the the sea route that goes through Singapore and goes through the Africa and uh, go all the way to Europe, uh, to Italy, in from that side, but. And another side is this uh, this road that we can go inland, goes through uh, uh, goes through uh, some troubling areas, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. as I say. Uh, so it's no harm to have another way to right. do it. So the Arctic Sea Route for us, for me at least, is a very good opportunity to have a new line of communication start, and uh, the companies will be ready, and uh, the res- uh, the natural resources are very rich in that area even though the environment issue is, is a big concern, right. and we don't want to rush to it. The, we have a kinda, the China usually has this, um, this feeling to the outside, to the foreigners that we, we try to develop and we don't care about the consequences, but it's not true anymore. I, was, I would like to think that, because the new generations, at least the scientists, we, we, we care very much about the environment, we don't want the people to rush to just develop it and dig whatever you can and ship it out. We don't want to do that at all. So we want to make it very clear that we are non-Arctic countries, but so we care about the Arctic very much. We don't. We also don't want to just, just, <laughs> just destroy it. Right. We are part of the earth, so we don't want to do that. Uh, and uh, the another side is uh, to go through the Arctic. Uh, for us it's very exciting because people are talking about it' shorter we now we can take months or days weeks weeks probably to go to Europe, but with that road, you can save well okay ten days or something you can save a lot of time mm-hmm. but at the moment, I will have to say i will, I would will say that because people always talk about it's very short they shorten the the, the route, so you have a you can get there faster. You can get there easier, but it's not true yet. Right. So even in summertime, the sea ice conditions is still there. So you need to think about that. So, for instance, you can compare that to uh, you. We already built a highway through the through the uh, Singapore that line, but right now we have an alley. We have a small street with traffic, with sea ice. So you can choose, you can choose at this moment, you can choose to go through a very narrow alley and uh, uh, have a risk of traffic jam, or you can go through a highway like everybody do. And uh, basically what I mean is there's a risk. It's not really shorter and easier and safer to go through the Arctic Sea yet, that's why we are trying to develop an Arctic Sea route navigation system to help them to do this better and to prepare them for the future. Because in the future, there will be better and easier and faster to go through the Arctic Sea Route. At that time, we want our system to be ready, and people can use it, and uh, uh, we can do that uh, better. Basically, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then that would that would uh, also kind of tie in with the China's belts and road initiative in a way. They were saying that this would be like the polar Silk Road and just open up a lot more possibilities. Yes,
2: yes. yes. I, I like the idea because I, I don't like people talking about, okay, there is a competition going, so should we just go through the Ice Silk Road? Or, or is there the same thing? Or we should put more effort or energy or resources to the Arctic Sea Route? But I, I think right now it's very early to talk about Arctic Sea route, really in comparison to the bat and road, because both of those are well established before and we just develop it further. And there is uh, I I would think it's uh, uh it's ready to use, ready to go at the moment. You uh, you you still have something to develop but at the moment you can't just use it. You is a is a it's a done deal. It's a, it's a very nice one, actually. But Arctic sea there are so many uncertainties. So you need to think about them carefully before you really do that. So it's not really a competition now. It's, someone could say it's a wait and see what's going really going on there. But as scientists, we would like to think further. We would like to to help them to to see to know better of the Arctic. Then. We can talk about okay. Let's develop like a one by one road initiative. We build like ice silk road. I I believe that what people people, the polar silk road, yeah, Yeah. polar silk road, Uh, It's a very nice name. But at the moment, many things to do.
1: (laughs) So the technology and the innovation and the support has some some time to to go and develop through that.
2: And the Chinese companies usually wait and see what's really going on, and they they can jump in and do it better. <laughs> Basically, this is what they do. Uh, but for the Arctic part, I I would love them to put more effort energy to the to the development because we are actually building more uh, icebreakers to uh, for the research purpose. Because I think it's a very good angle to do some research and to share the data with the, with the world to, to help the scientist community to, to understand it better for now. Not to just rush into development, to, to just say, okay, we build a company, we want to ship how many thousands of containers through that road. Uh, I, to me, it's too early to think about that. Yeah, but It's in the future. It's down the line.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for yeah. taking the time and, and speaking to us.